Hey, Fuzz, did you see the moon? Oh, woo. Oh, woo. Yes. <laughs> oh, look at us. We're back. We're back recording a podcast yes. for all you dirty little furries out there. Oh, God. Ooh. <laughs> You're making me deeply uncomfortable. Hi, Fuzz. How's it going? Oh. oh. I'm full of food and I'm full of beans, metaphorically. Mm. We're back after the new year. It is 2023, and this is Southpaw's episode 531. Awoo time. Because guess what? It is the full moon as we record this, and I'm out here being cringe. Yes, yes. It's fantastic. So last night I was like, ah, the the moon is fully full. So I step outside into my apartment as I'm about to walk at him and mm-hmm. i go ha ha <laughs> as somebody was walking by with their dog and they looked at me and kept going and i'm like ah look at me out there being cringe that's fine <laughs> um because one should embrace the full moon and howl and maybe go lay down in the field ass up just in case the werewolves find you oh no i seem to have tripped over oh no i fell over this log and i come pre-lubed <laughs> Amazing. Ah. Because the anus is self-cleaning. Uh. <laughs> That's some old drama. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah, God, that was from late 90s, probably, I'm sure. Well, no, because it was... It was like 2007. Yeah, because it was like on that. social media. It was one of the earlier... It was on LiveJournal. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah it was... The thing we're referencing, because we're very old here, <laughs> it was somebody on Live Journal who said that... So a Live Journal <laughs> was a diary that people would write in, but it was electrified to keep you from opening it and reading the secrets, hence Live Journal. Yes. This was a practice called blogging, which stood <laughs> for web and log, and thus... Blogging used to be a thing. And then Facebook came and fucked everything up. But no, this was a young gay furry who insisted that women were disgusting, vaginas were gross, but the anus was self-cleaning and therefore was fine. Yeah, and he got he got dragged yeah, pretty hard. It was a very early dogpiling, as it were. Yeah, like, I mean, we didn't know what ratios were back then because math hadn't been invented, but he got ratioed hard. Yes, and... Nowadays, we see such things as people's being like, I'm going to grab a five-pound bag and bring it to FC and charge Twinks 50 bucks a gram, and it's from Psyllium Husk. What's Psyllium Husk? It's a fiber supplement. Oh. To to clean out ahead of time. Oh, God. Okay, Uh, wow. I thought it was some kind of drug reference, but wow, that's... No, it's, you know, Twinks. (laughs) (sighs) Oh. So, hey, you know, we, we've survived Christmas, we survived New Year's, I had a very cool New Year's. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, I have not heard about your trip. Yeah, um, it, was, it was a trip, that was for sure. <laughs> I don't know how much you can say on the podcast about it. Well, I didn't actually trip, but also I was very glad that I did not drive that mm. trip. That was that was somebody else. Mm-hmm. And, no, the, the, the trip itself was fine. The we went up there to the sub level three guys ranch with Shiva and Saro and had a, just a great time hanging out, talking, getting philosophical, discussing deep things. Mm. Like I really am not going to go deep into detail other than it was really cool mm. because it's really not my place to share. 
But it was a really nice weekend to get away from folks and have a good time. Yeah. Um, just that was really rejuvenating. I needed that three days away. Mm. And now I'm, you know, <laughs> we're facing down two weeks away as yeah. we go out to FC here in uh, like four days. Yeah. Which is, ugh. And <laughs> know, right? now we're doing one podcast before we go, and then we'll be recording a travelogue for Patreon along the way. So keep that in mind. I did post about it on the Patreon to let people know. Oh, neat. Just a regular post, you know, obviously not charging for those. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that was my New Year's, and then Christmas just kind of, eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. My parents got to spend time together, and then I took them looking at Christmas lights. Um, yeah, that was... I remember your tweet. It was like, get in, losers, or look at your Christmas lights. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was kind of a surprise, because it's like, look, mm-hmm. you know, as the guys like to say, like, we don't know how much time we have left. We no, Don't do this, like, we'll do it next year bullshit. Just fucking do it. Mm-hmm. So I went and looked at Vitruvian Park, which has oh, yeah. just all fucking million lights. It's amazing. Yeah. All these little yeah. LED lights that are wrapped around all the trees around the water features there. Like, we didn't get out of the car, but just the sheer number of lights, and they're all like, some of them are multicolored, some of them were just monocolor, and just dozens and dozens of trees lit up. Very pretty. Huge crowd. Um, then we drove through another light display, which wasn't super big, but had a lot of lights that we'd mm. seen from the fr- from the freeway a couple times. And then there is a neighborhood in Northwestern Hills called Diamond Lock, mm-hmm. which is a little subdivision that's been around since like the 70s. Mm-hmm. And since I was a kid, which was at least the 80s, they always did a community Christmas lights display. Ah. And they still do it to this day. One of the little cul-de-sacs has an entire, like everybody on the block teamed up and they do a like visual retelling of how the Grinch stole Christmas in like standees and they have a little radio station set up one of the high bands like 106.9 that if you tune in is playing like associated music Mm -hmm. it's quite impressive and like the lights are synced to the music at one of the houses wow like this whole neighborhood goes all out so we went and saw that that was really cool and that was really pleasant Mm -hmm. there's just no time like the present kids just fucking do it don't yeah. put this sale. I'll do it next year. No, just fucking do it. That's all I can say. So yeah, I mean that was basically my holidays. I am feeling pretty good right now. Mm-hmm. Like I really needed that trip, and so I'm just I'm feeling better. We're getting shit done here. Mm-hmm. I had a fun interaction while I was at the post office today. Yes, I, you retweeted it from the For Planet account that you know I completely stuffed the box full and wasn't quite done and a guy was like oh god you some somebody stuffed the box full and i'm like oh man that sure is the worst when i'm holding my fifth box of books <laughs> i only have these five packages <laughs> yeah don't mind me buddy these are just uh socks and uh good christian literature is for furries that love jesus and stuff g c f f f t L, J, and C. And, and, and S, yes. That's my new organization. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't the Christian firm meetup. This is anal sex. <laughs> Boy, nothing gets by you. <laughs> uh, that just slipped in there. Did you, did you do anything exciting over the New Year's Christmas? Um... 
Christmas, I it was really just the three of us. Um, so Christmas Eve, I discovered the season two of Alice in Borderland dropped on Netflix. Um, and Ajax and I had watched season one like two years ago when it came out. And I was like, dude, 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 content. So we start watching it. And then we do the next episode and the next episode. So, yeah, long story short, we binged the entire eight episode season. The last episode Tyrion joined us for. And it is like 2 a.m. Christmas morning when we're done. And um, I'm like, well, she's, I'm going to go to bed. And then uh, Ajax is like, no, you can't go to bed. It's Christmas morning. Let's do presents. <laughs> and, and he's like, look at it this way. We do presents now, we stay up a little longer, and then we can sleep till 11 and not have to wake up early or worry about anything. And I was like, yeah, that's a good point. So we did Christmas morning at like like 3 in the morning, basically. Hey, it and works. It's, you technically did Christmas morning. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. It's like, you know, we don't have like 15 family members over or anything like that. There aren't little kids demanding to do it at a certain time or whatever. It's... It's just the three of us, our little polycule, and you know, fuck it, we're adults, we can make our own rules. <laughs> if we wanted open presents at 3am, we can do it. Yeah. So that was fun. And uh, New Year's Eve, we had had, uh, Tiran and I had had brunch with Buck and Wu Wei, who are uh, two local furs who also help us with Fur Planets, and uh, we've all been friends for a long time. And the idea of them coming over on New Year's Eve just for to watch a movie and have a couple of drinks came up. So that was agreed upon there. Uh, and we talked to our other friend Juno uh, like the night before, I think it was, about coming over on New Year's Eve as well. So so she came over. It turned out that Tiran and Juno had never seen Knives Out. Oh. So <laughs> what's funny about Glass Onion, the sequel, is... I watched it myself on Netflix, and then the next day, Ajax wanted to watch Knives Out because he hadn't seen it, so he watched Knives Out, and he enjoyed it so much that he was like, hey, you want to watch Glass Onion? And I was like, sure, I'm up for that. And then New Year's Eve, it was decided that, well, since two of the group have never watched Knives Out, we're going to watch Knives Out and then Glass Onion. <laughs> so I ended up watching Glass Onion three times in three days, <laughs> <laughs> which is fine. It stands up. And, you know, back-to-back days of watching Knives Out as well. So, so there were six of us, only six of us, and two of the group had not seen either film, and everyone else had seen both of them. And it was really fun to have them trying to guess out loud what was going on or what was going to happen or who did what and see when they were like oh you're sort of right but not really or oh you're close or no that's a red herring that has nothing to do with it and um and then we discussed the movie afterwards but like everyone enjoyed it they're both Excellent movies. Have you seen either of those films? I've seen Knives Out, but I have not seen Glass Onion yet. Glass Onion, you absolutely have to watch. Oh, um, I probably want to. It's just on Netflix and on that right now. Yeah. It's it's really good. It's not connected to Knives Out at all. The only commonality is Benoit Blanc. Yeah. It's which literally is, him doing like great. Pink Panther shit. Or, yeah. It yeah. <laughs> comes in solves a mystery. He's basically Hercule Poirot. <laughs> 
in a way, but like a, an American version, uh, and to build more on his character in in his life and his, but uh, and introduce some great new characters as well. Uh, Edward Norton is really good in it. Janelle Monet steals the show. Like every scene she's in, she's fantastic. Great cast all around. Yeah, I. I've also really loved the memes around it, where it's like Benoit Blanc is the, you know, interact in an anime or dealing with just... Uh, are you telling me that this rice that we just enjoyed was fried by a common shrimp? Yes. <laughs> or like Benoit beats Ratatouille. I do declare I'm being puppeted around like this... By this hair rap, but I am intrigued, so let us see where it goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's and people have really latched onto this character, and I can't blame them. I, I hope they do more good movies with him because I, I hope they just clever. release one every couple of years until Daniel Craig dies in his sleep at the age of one hundred and seven. You know? <laughs> yeah. Someone suggested they should do uh, the Muppets <laughs> version. Yes, for... and he and the director both said that's a really good idea. <laughs> yeah, like Daniel Craig gets murdered before the film starts, and Benoit Blanc has to come solve the murder with a bunch of Muppets. Mm-hmm. It's always fun when people latch onto something, and it's just funny. Yeah, like, you yeah. really can't turn this into really anything super mean spirited that I've seen, which mm-hmm. is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, like. All the various, like, Benoit Blanc and for, in, in animes, and the, mm-hmm. the, a shrimp fried this rice. Apartment <laughs> complex, I find it quite simple. <laughs> you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that's that's been good. Yeah, it's... You, you know, there was also this discussion on the right lately about how there's no positive male role models anymore. So, of course, kids grow up to become mass killers or something. And that led to more than one person, including me, being like, what are you talking about? Benoit Blanc is an awesome male role model. Yeah, he's able to be friends with women without being a creep and all mm-hmm. sorts of things. Yeah. What's interesting is that, uh, <clears throat> I told Tira this, so uh, Dave Batista is in, is in Glass Onion. Yeah. He like is Andrew Tate. He, Yeah. <laughs> He's also in one of Daniel Craig's James Bond films. And he had talked about how Daniel Craig on the set of James Bond was like really dour and kept to himself, basically retreated to his trailer uh, between scenes and stuff like that. Just totally seemed like he did not want to be there. But shooting Glass Onion was like night and day. Like, he was genuinely having a good time. They got to know each other. And it just goes to show, like, how much Daniel Craig really grew to hate being in a James Bond films. I mean, they super ultra mega kill James Bond, his James <laughs> Bond at the end of his last James Bond movie. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, you see the thing, thing, and you see his body enveloped by a fireball. There is no ambiguity <laughs> that... This version of James Bond is super fucking dead. Yeah, yeah. Um, and honestly, I hope he ends up just being 
well known, more well known as Benoit Blanc. <laughs> yeah, it's good to see people kind of branch out from what they're known as. Like same with Dave Batista. Oh you know, yeah, he, yeah. He doesn't want to be the meathead. There, I saw an uh, interview with him where he was talking about how he wants to do all the things. Oh, he's okay, like, don't yeah. I don't want people to judge me. I want to do drama. I want to do comedy. I want to do you mm-hmm. know serious films and action films and everything else. I want to do it all. Give me a chance. Yeah, yeah. And totally. I'm like, hell yeah, dude. He's he's one of my favorite actors right now. Yeah. Uh, and and actually. One of my favorite performances of his is one that I never see people talking about. Is that in the first ten minutes of so or so of Blade Runner twenty forty nine, he plays a replicant. the The main character has to go and retire, and um, he's really good in it. And I don't know if you remember about that Blade Runner, but there was like three YouTube shorts that were released. The Blackout twenty seventy seven or something like that. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the years, but they're all years that take place between 2019, when Blade Runner took place, and 2049. The far future of 2019. Yes. Um, And the one that's pretty close to 2049, I think it's like 2047 or something, has Batista's character in it. And you see more of him, but he's basically the main character of this, like, 10-minute short film. And, like, that gives you, like, a lot more like, backstory of the character that he plays, but he's really excellent in both of those. That's cool. You should check it out. Yeah, like, he's a movie... He's, like, one of those wrestling guys that went on to do more than just meathead action roles. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, The Rock is one of the highest-paid actors in Hollywood, if not the highest, Mm -hmm. but he doesn't do stuff where he's not, like, a meathead action jock. And, like, Mm. John Cena... I think he's mainly done kind of the action role stuff. Like, he's been... Like, he was a character in one of the Penguins... Uh, the Surf's Up movies where he was like a wolf or something. Oh. But, you know... I mean, he's a guy that, like, I see his name being spread around on Twitter off and on. He's almost like a meme. But, like, I, I've never actually seen him or no, I don't think I've seen anything he's been in. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's a just lot of... It's just not my cultural circle, I, I mean, guess. mine either, but it's just one of those where, in terms of former WWE stars turned mm-hmm. action film stars, Batista's the one that's doing the most variety. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, that's cool. Good for him. He's yeah. like a good guy. Although The Rock is really good in uh, the two Jumanji sequels. Oh, yeah, he did do those. Yeah, because that's, like, more comedic, but it's not the stupid like babysitter type movie yeah um but yeah those, those it's pretty, not arnold those schwarzenegger doing things like junior yeah oh yeah. no we impregnated arnold schwarzenegger let's turn this into a 90 minute film yeah <laughs> i'm not even sure i ever saw that one but it's just like he made some questionable choices well, i mean a lot of wrestlers and bodybuilders did real questionable movies mm-hmm. yeah. wasn't it like hulk hogan the kindergarten cop no, that was Schwarzenegger. Oh, that was Schwarzenegger? Yeah. I know Hogan did also some weird-ass kid movies, too. I don't remember him being in movies. I, unless I'm misremembering, I'm, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> do the last podcast. You know, if you if you know movies, the Hulk Hogan, then yeah, southpawscast at gmail.com. Um, <laughs> or after the show, I'll just pull up IMDb and, and be just like, like, oh, Saverin, you dumbass. <laughs> Uh, so so yeah that was new year um so yeah <laughs> oh you know mm. i i don't know if there was been an update on that i'll have to look at that real quick but mm. did you know that 
The Supreme Court was going to throw out the entire government today? What? <laughs> uh, so these guys in Utah, way Oh, is this the, the Utah twins? Or yeah, they were like, we're going to sue the government to expel all of Congress and arrest Biden and Harris mm-hmm. and reinstall Trump, and you're going to give me $2 trillion tax-free because fuck you. And it, the courts are like, this is stupid, fuck off. And he appeals it. And the next court up says, this is fucking stupid, fuck off. Mm-hmm. And he appeals it, and he appeals it, and it got to the fucking Supreme Court today. Oh my god. And, of course, it's been yeeted, I'm quite sure, because, well, my phone, the phone will be blowing up. The government's been replaced, and... Two <laughs> random douchebags from Utah have been given $2 trillion. Tax-free! <laughs> um... But I, I had not checked that one yet mm. to see how their reaction is going. Because, I mean, honestly, the government right now is paralyzed. We're on <laughs> vote 762 to not get McCarthy. In. I think we were talking about this last night, and I think one of the guys said it was like the record was like 300 attempts or something. Oh, fuck if okay. I know. Yeah. But, like, they're like, all right, we're going to adjourn it until... 10 p.m. Because what they're trying to do is make it so that like some of the Dems go home, uh-huh. and so that they'll have a lower oh, threshold to too get much him fun. in. And the they're, Dems are like, there with the fucking popcorn, literally in their literally. popcorn. Yeah, and so like I'm sure that that will continue. It's a fucking circus, and hopefully continues to make the Republicans look like a bunch of idiots because they are a bunch of idiots, and they're not going to do anything useful in the time that they have their slim power. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to have 37 hearings on Hunter Biden's penis. Now, would you say, sir, that you think that the son of the president's penis is, is it thick? Is it veiny? Is it, is <laughs> would it you more? describe it as girthy? You know, <laughs> I've seen some horses, Senator. Does he have that that ring in the middle? He is not a horse, sir. Are you sure? I'd like to please bring up on the monitors the penis of Mr. Biden. Then we also have his blood tests and the separate blood tests of his penis in case they were two different species. Yeah. <laughs> he is, in fact, a chimera. He is a function. Half man, half horse. This man's penis has broken our entire brain. <laughs> I mean, it kind of has, but. Yeah. I mean, it's a laptop with no cut chain of custody. It's completely useless. It's all going to be theatrics like Benghazi. So nothing will come of it. Whoopty fucking do. It's really amazing though, that this hasn't happened since like Civil War time. Like it was, first of all, saying it was like 100 years ago. And like now to this degree hasn't happened since like the 1860s. Well, like, and then you have the insurrection bunnies that are like, oh, this is just like prior to the to well, the Civil War. It's gonna happen, guys! Yeah. Like, no, this is because you dumb Republicans can't get your shit together. Oh, and the fact that, like, they had a, of course, like a like a moment of remembrance or, or something like that for, like, the Capitol Hill police officers who've been killed defending Congress. And so... You know, you have a lot of government officials there, and the Republicans refuse to participate. And it's just like, the fuck kind of message? You're supposed to be the party of law and order. They're commemorating cops that died. And I mean, and I'm I'm pretty ACAB, but I'm like, look, look at this from a Republican standpoint. 
They claim they're the party of law and order, and they're literally protesting a memorial for dead cops. Yeah. It's just like, I mean, what the fuck are you doing? If you consider that their ideological bent is very form- firmly in the bottom right corner yeah. of chaotic evil, they do whatever they, got they want. They the chaotic down, for and sure. Yeah. they do whatever will own the libs, even at the bent, the harm of their own constituents. Like, and this whole thing with this, the speaker vote, this is the reaping of, what, 30 years at least of sowing this whole anti-government thing in their party has led to. Like, all this time they've been like, government sucks, we should drown it in a bathtub, all these things are terrible, and these these new people that have come in ran on that. And they're dedicated to just breaking the system. Yeah. And so when you're... Now, this if they had actually gotten their red wave, if they had won by the margins that they expected to win by, they would have had enough people to elect the speaker that they could have lost 20 votes and it wouldn't have mattered. But their margin is so fucking razor thin that if more than like like five or six people break off from the rest of the caucus and, and don't vote the way they want them to, they're fucked. The Freedom Caucus. Yeah, yeah. The Freedom Her. Yeah, it's just... The and, fact that they call it that when they're like... Yeah. They're for anything but freedom. I mean, we functionally don't have one of our branches of Congress right now. Yeah. We, we literally don't, because until there's a Speaker of the House, there's no House of Representatives to be sworn in. Right, so even if the Senate does shit, like, they still have to have a bill reconciliation for a a bill that would be passed in the House in order to actually make laws. So, yeah, yeah they literally can't make any laws right now because half so, of the legislation, legislative branch is just out to lunch. So uh, my compromise is that we arrest every single Republican in the House of Representatives and drop them off at Point Nemo near the water, let them splash safely, mm. and then say, sink or swim. Then you, you go on your way. Yeah, where's Point Nemo? It is the furthest point away from land on the planet is a thousand miles in any direction. Really? But they're tough swimmers. They have the power of God and anime on their side. Yeah, they can swim themselves up by their bootstraps. Yeah, totally. Or those little tie-off things on swim shorts. Yeah, just put them in a little dinghy. Say, you know, bootstrap yourself up out of this. So where is Point Nemo? It's in the Pacific Ocean near uh, Antarctica. Oh, it is way down. So it's chilly. No, it's a bit. It's also in a dead zone in the ocean. There's not even a lot of fish. Oh, wow. So trying to survive out there might be kind of difficult. They're tough. Yeah. They can they'll vote. Eat, they'll eat the, uh, the weaker ones. They, they can vote their way out of it, I'm sure. So, can you imagine them trying, in this situation, trying to have a vote on who to eat first, and they all fucking starve to death because nowhere can agree. No, they just fucking eat, like, Bobert and... MTG first, and then like <laughs> and Matt Gates, Matt Gates, who yeah. thought he was going to be fucking funny and be like, "I nominate Trump." Yeah, which I mean, that has long been a QAnon bugaboo. They're like, "Ah, we're gonna get our red wave." This is what their their plan was. They, their red wave was going to happen. They were going to get the majorities in both Senate and House, and then elect Trump as Speaker, and then impeach and remove both. Biden, Biden and, and Harris. Harris. So they were going to magic him back into power 
And so when Gates did that, the Cubers were like, oh my god, it's fucking happening. No, it didn't. No one else fucking voted for him. It's a stunt. I also like the term Cubers. I hadn't heard that, but yeah. that's, that's like, funny. Because it rhymes with goobers. And, and that's what they are. Yeah. Like, the government's going to be broken for a little while. This is what you get for electing Republicans. Um yeah, and that's, but this that's is gerrymandering. Also, yeah, I was like, going to say there's huge. There's like a seven layer dip of bullshit. Yeah, like I saw a tweet that said like the twenty five Republican seats from Texas should actually be twenty one. They just drew themselves four more districts and stole them. Yeah, and like if you look at the district between San Antonio and Austin, which should be incredibly blue with the two cities being part of it. And it just goes way out into the rural, where it's just conservatives and cow shit. Yep. <laughs> so, that is... That's our government update for the moment. <laughs> it fucking sucks. Republicans fucking suck. Wow, what a big surprise coming from us. You know what also sucks? Is when you're a convention, and you light a firestorm <laughs> on yourself. So yeah. <laughs> this that I'm bringing up is about MAGFest. MAGFest mm-hmm. sounds for Music and Games Fest. It's up in the Northeast somewhere. It's a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. And it's kicking off this weekend. Right. Like, starting Wednesday. Last year, they held the event, and they had some negative reporting about the convention on Kotaku because it did turn into a bit of a super spreader event. Mm. And this hurt the ego of some people involved in the con. Right. And on arrival, some journalist, I don't know if she works for Kotaku or not, took a screenshot of a picture of a sign that was like... A real-life screenshot. A real life also screenshot. known as a photograph. <laughs> yes, with her digital camera. She didn't have to hit F12 and draw the square. Um, it was like... CCG room is over here, D&D Adventure League is over there, D&D Free Play, Simulations, blah, blah, blah. And at the very bottom, Kotaku's Journalistic Integrity, 404, not found. Which, most people aren't going to remember the article from them last year saying, ah, there was sure was a lot of COVID there last year. But they sure as fuck are going to remember Gamergate, mm-hmm. the... Basically, yeah. one of the largest things like that when I heard that to... that term on the sign, I immediately thought of gamer game because that was all supposed to be couched in the language of journalistic integrity. Yeah, because it was all around absolute fucking bullshit lies about Kotaku. It, it's so fucking stupid, and like yeah. it, it led directly into the ascendance of fascist gamers and their election of Trump. Like, because it was an early mobilization of how can I break these people's brains to make them fascists? Yeah. And it worked on the gamers, and they applied it to larger internet. And Steve Bannon was involved in that, too. Big fucking surprise. So, needless to say, people did not take this in the manner that they had intended. Mm -hmm. They took it to the broadest possible understanding of it, Uh and were like, oh, so y'all are MAGA-fest. And... Oh, man. So, like, on one hand, I feel bad because there's a bunch... It's a very large event. There's a lot of staffers. Queer furries amongst them. Mm -hmm. Um, And when you're a staffer at a convention involved in a controversy, you will have people up your ass, even if you have nothing to do with the signage. And I have great sympathy for them. Yeah. But when you, as, say, a communication director, try to diffuse the thing saying, oh, it was just a joke, it's like, dog... (sighs) 
Come on. You're just a joke, guys. And and I replied to him and the, the communication director in a very polite way. It's like, as a communication director, you should understand that people are going to receive this message in the broadest common understanding especially around gamers and it's not going to be about reporting from a year ago yeah and that got a bunch of faves and nobody being like no because i'm fucking right mm-hmm. people immediately jump to thinking oh my god we're literally talking about this shit a decade later what the fuck yeah and they're like oh well we meant that so ultimately they did take the sign down but this isn't like people getting mad at fiesta or people getting mad at mff this was an own goal you paid money to print this sign you paid money <laughs> to get the holder god help you if you were renting it that'd be stupid mm-hmm. but that's you know 150 bucks that you spent to damage your reputation and you have, to have someone take the time to do the layout for it you had to have somebody probably the communications director to sign it? off on that yeah and like the the worst part too is that this doesn't just damage your reputation with anyone who views Gamergate as a negative thing because mm-hmm. they see this, what they view as a dog whistle, and go, oh, for fuck's sake, really? Yeah. But then, by them going, yeah, sorry, we fucked up, we're going to take down the sign, all the fascies that were cheering on the fact that, uh-huh. oh my god, they yep. actually fucking did our dog whistle, her, because they took the thing down, they also started... Like, yep. shitting on them. So you just piss off... You pissed off everybody, everybody because you let your ego... Congratulations, nobody liked that. Yeah, you, you let your ego, your bruised ego, get in the way of telling people where the fuck rooms are, and you've caused a massive reputational hit to your organization because of it. At least it was only one sign. I mean, I hope they didn't have it printed in, like, 10,000 convos. I'm assuming they didn't. But it was still just like, this happened yeah. day zero. People were arriving. You had industry panelists going, oh, this really takes the wind out of my sails. And mm-hmm. shit like that. Understandably, because these are people that had been affected by that time frame. Yep. And had been docs and all that shit. So a in the faintest whiff of that approaching an event that they're going to speak is rightly going to spook people. Mm-hmm. And so this is why con chairs and con staff you can't let your fucking ego get in the way of just communicating stuff like this yeah a sign like this is never going to be a venue for some twee message just tell people where the pathfinder society is tell people where the D room is you don't need to do a joke you don't need to be quippy just tell people where stuff is and you can avoid this because this was caused by someone walking through the space day zero and seeing it on a sign and you dealt with a firestorm before the thing even started. Mm-hmm. So I feel bad for the staffers that had to deal with it. I don't feel bad for the fucking communications director. He's an idiot if he approved this. Yeah. And I hope that this be is a lesson to people in the gaming space that don't make twee references that can be misconstrued as anything related to Gamergate or else your ass is going to be toast. Mm-hmm. Like we don't really have that level of issue in like the furry fandom, but you know, if you start trying to be cute, you might fuck up and step on a landmine like they did. Yeah. Just convey the info. That's just yikes. Yeah. Like the, the furry that he was like, quick update. Sign has been taken down a stealth with no longer on the floor. Please stop yelling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Was he staff? Yeah. Mm. And he's also like a speedrunner that does stuff at like Games Done Quick and stuff as oh. well. So like I had heard of this guy for positive reasons, which is right. always a nice thing. And so rare. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's a, it's a gamer furry that I've heard of for good things. Nice. <laughs> like shit that never happens (laughs) yeah um so and like on the other hand you have a lot of like dear pixel kitties i love her ah yes she is an artist who does safer work show accurate art and comics uh she did the autograph cards for nightmare night she did autograph cards for lots of people that's one of her side hustles she's a full-time professional artist and all-around cool person and today she got a uh, right-wing turf community manager for limited run games fired well her and um i mean it wasn't it, just yeah, her it was her and tinker like were the two people i mostly saw tweet well, us out yeah and like pixels got thirteen thousand followers yeah but this person apparently had been saying a lot of things online mm-hmm. and was like yeah fuck yeah wizard game yeah, so Pixel quote tweeted a tweet from 2016 that was transphobic, and it was also noted that this community manager was following several, let's kindly refer to them as com- um, problematic individuals, <laughs> well, including libs of TikTok, and it's like, it's very fucking obvious what kind of person that she is, yeah. and you know, if you're queer, if you're trans... Your gamer color, um, having the community manager be a bigot, uh, instantly says this is not a safe place to me. Anyway, so like that's a terrible position for someone who's bigoted to, to hold. Yeah, and so yeah, a lot of people started adding the um, God, what's coming out again? Limited run games. Limited run games. Yeah. Twitter handle and so much so the people that had actually worked for them like somebody was like I just signed a contract with them in December and I'm incredibly disappointed in this uh, so you know they got, they got a, a lot of concerned tweets going their way and then the community manager locked down her Twitter account and her husband without saying he was her husband had tweeted out how wokeness got somebody fired basically yeah instead of going oh fuck (laughs) he very short order deleted those tweets and then shortly after that last run games official twitter account made an actual statement on it basically saying like you can have your opinion but this is a place of inclusivity and not being shitty to people so we had to terminate somebody and they they didn't name names they didn't say specifically what it was there were some confused replies yeah and you know the usual suspects being mad oh you're so inclusive that you're exclusive of certain viewpoints Mm -hmm. and what viewpoints would those be yeah oh you know the ones they would reply yeah um yeah you know limited run games they do their like limited runs of various niche games like they're doing the night in the woods collection editions and that's kind mm. of the thing that it reason it caught my eyes today i saw the initial tweet go out i'm like oh no yeah i paid a prepaid 105 dollars for that night in the woods collector's edition right because that's how much it is with shipping and i'm like oh man because you can't cancel orders once they're made really 
Um, yeah, I guess they have to get an order in with the manufacturers of all the bits. Yeah, they have pieces. to hit their minimum. Yeah, or it doesn't really happen. Right. Um, and so it's like, oh shit! I've given these guys money recently. I've given them money twice because I got the limited run uh, games for Dust and Elysian Tale. Ah. But I'm not on their forums. I'm not in their community managing, yeah. so I wouldn't have known this until it popped up on my feed today. I'm like, oh, seriously? Yeah. Um, so I guess they, they mostly focus on doing print. Uh, or uh, physical editions of digital only games from like smaller dev studios that wouldn't have like the money of like Nintendo to yeah. throw something out and millions of copies or whatnot. Because like I think Night in the Woods did get a limited limited release prior to this, but it was out of print and they didn't hadn't done anything like special edition e mm. but like this one has a bunch of little standees and a soundtrack and all this other stuff yeah and so like all right i like scott benson and want him to continue to post pictures of his cats so i will buy his thing yeah so that was my i was like yeah that was a game that i really enjoyed mm-hmm. and so when this came up today i was like ah fuck I'm giving my money to a company that employs these people, and well, they fix that pretty quick. So, yep. I don't. I still have to be like, eh, but I am honestly pleasantly surprised at the quickness of their reaction. I don't know how big of a company they are, how many employees they have, how many layers of legal whatever they had to go through, but they fired her ass with a quickness and put out a statement. It was a really quick turnaround, like you said, and so yeah, it didn't require a lot of work. And that was like with the with the Magfest thing; they go, "Ah, fuck!" After enough people said, "Hey, this sucks," mm-hmm. because yeah. honestly, they know where their bread is fucking buttered. Like uh, queers and normies buy this shit, and so like if you have someone being a hateful dipshit or a sign that alludes to an alignment to the right wing, mm-hmm. people are going to go, "Oh no." And you get called MAGA Fest or, you know, people start talking about boycotting your things that require you to hit hit a certain threshold for the thing to sell. Yeah. You know, you you end up threatening your bottom line. And so, yeah, you've got a bunch of these, you know, right-wing gamers like, well, I'm never going to buy from Limited Run Games again. But, like, they don't do fucking Call of Duty. They do, like, Night in the Woods and various other like more niche games mm-hmm. also the majority of the company uh, company the majority of the country in general is on the left like all of the quote unquote leftist policies that they put up in just like popular opinion polls that are you know not subject to states and districts and stuff like that are overwhelmingly positive Common sense gun controls, like closing the the gun show, loop show, loophole, and doing background checks and stuff like that, have like a 80-85% approval rating. Um, Abortion rights have a high approval rating. Queer rights have a high approval rating. We're only a seemingly 50-50 country because of gerrymandering corporate money and politics and religion and just cheating. Yeah. 
And so, like, I'm looking on their thing. It's like, all right, they did a Konami Classic Collection recently. They've done... They're doing Lovers in a Dangerous Space-Time collection, or, well, not a collection, but a release, physical release of that game when it came out, which is a four-player couch co-op game that's very pastel and twee. I've played it, it's fine. And so, like, they, they don't do the, quote, gamer stuff, really. Mm-hmm. And so them fucking up uh, is... It hurts their bottom line. Yeah. Like, Sam and Max hit the road getting mm-hmm. a collector's edition... Like, a big box game from, like, the early... Hit the road. That was in the early 80s, I think. And, like, a physical edition of this game that came out so long ago, you're not going to be a gamer buying this. You're going to be someone our age who remembered playing that on their old EGA monitor at 240 by 480 if you're lucky. I was going to say, yeah, you're going to be an old, old geek, basically. Yeah. Region-free physical disc. When did this come out? I'm trying to see if it has lists when it came out. No, it doesn't. But anyways, limited run games, like, a lot of their stuff does not cater to the gamer demographic. And so, like, pissing off them is a lot less harmful than keeping a transphobe on staff that's going to make all the programmer cat girls stop buying your mm-hmm. lowers in a dangerous space-time physical edition or whatever. Yeah, I You're mean, how are they going to literally code video games if, like, they get rid of all the trans people? Yeah, like, the socks come with a free estrogen prescription. Yeah. That's how it works. <laughs> but yeah, so it's been it's been a bad day for conservatives on the internet and gamer spaces, I suppose, because not only did Magfest bend the knee to the woke left, so too did limited run games. Because yeah, that's just dick behavior. Uh, you said it very joking and mocking, and like, but that's exactly the language they use. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. It's like all the the terminology and the language they use is just so. <laughs> overwrought it's all fucking blood and honor war and sacrifice bullshit that like real people don't talk like that scripted klingons and star trek talk like that you know they're like (laughs) it's anime villain speech yeah yeah it's like if you actually said that to somebody like you were being interviewed for a job or something like that, they would just look at you like, what? what? I- I'm sorry, I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's, it's so ridiculous. It's like, it's just so out there that you can't help but laugh. Yeah, and these people are, they believe themselves to be deathly serious until someone <laughs> looks at them and laughs, and then they get real serious <laughs> and shut up. Yeah, I've listened to Behind the Bastards talking about Dr. Jordan Peterson's oh, new show. I'm I'm real behind on my podcast. And yeah. I was contemplating just marking those as listened because Jordan Peterson's voice, he sounds a little bit like Kermit the Frog. <laughs> yours will more or less. We'll see who cancels who. Oh, my God. Uh, and just, he'll be talking. <laughs> these clips that they play are just, just unreal. He'll be talking about something, and then he'll suddenly, like, sideswipe into something that sounds, like, deeply personal. You know, he'll just suddenly be like, yeah, and then when everybody tells you they're wrong and they leave you, you know, you'll know that you're really right. Or, you know, just just that kind of thing. (laughs) 
It's like, ah, speaking from personal experience. Yeah, actually. yeah, it's very much so. It's just, well, I've never paid much attention to him to before. Bark. 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 Bark, bark, bark. Bark, 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 bark. We're embracing our cringe over here. Oh, really? Yeah. We're barking. We, we barked. And we howled earlier. It's the full moon, so we did a howl, too. Because <laughs> it's 2023. Cringe is dead. Die cringe, low free. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, like Jordan Peterson, he's cringe, but in a bad way. Yeah, not not in a fun furry way. And honestly, so like going into the fun furry way, I do mm-hmm. like that both like FC and Anthro Expo are doing a fuck it, it's the early 2000s again theme. <laughs> We're going to be sparkle dogs with a billion accessories. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. I When I saw, um, I didn't know, I don't think I knew about Anthro Expo, but like I remember seeing FC advertise their theme uh, back when it was announced, and it's just, it's very amusing to me that it's like, oh, we're going for the heavy nostalgia of 2002. Boy, <laughs> when I was 20. Yeah. <laughs> when I was nine. Oh. Oh, <laughs> a wee lad. Mm-hmm. A wee dog. Yep. The, uh, but yeah, the... But that'll be fun. Oh yeah, I like the theme. Like, I really like their theme, what... 2019 or so when they did like a cyberpunk theme or no it was 2020 because mm-hmm. it was like they happened right before fiesta happened and then nothing happened for a little bit yeah um, yeah um, and that was the year that like all the cons had planned to have like the same theme and it was going to be so that they were neo san jose because they take place in san jose and blfc was going to be neo las vegas and you get the idea but it was yeah. like Six or eight conventions all had a cyberpunk theme, and it was all going to be like kind of tied in like that. Because mm-hmm. they come up with that stuff independently in Cyberpunk 2077 or something had came out that year. Just come out. Like, this mm-hmm. is Millennium Edition, and like their their logo is fucking Napster. I <laughs> saw that and I aged, but also I was like, cool. <laughs> so they picked 2002 specifically? I mean, it's their their F their FC logo is straight up Napster. Mm-hmm. The the furry they've got laying on the bed, uh, "Cat on the Bed" by Ember. But like they have FC TV, which is the old MTV logo. Oh my god! Yeah. Boy band, the the fucking like iMac looking computer on the right there. The very Lisa Frank kind of bedspread and Tamagotchi. <gasps> Tamagotchis. <laughs> so. I'm, I'm a Mac computer. I'm yeah. thinking that I really like the theme, and I hope that they really go lean into it because, uh, well, I mean, of course, that was when I was a young adult. Yeah, you know, I was. I was attending. I mean, if they're going for like 2002, that was a little bit before my convention time because I my first con was 2004. They have a specific year? Okay, but... good. It's just Millennium Edition. It's Millennium well, like, Edition. You were saying 2002, and I, was that, like, I just pulled that out. Why no. did you pick the year after September 11th? That seems I mean, like a weird flex. Yeah, like <laughs> all okay. The fun part of the 2000s was in 2000 to September 10th, 2001. <laughs> after that, it became a real shit show. Yeah. yeah. Um, if they did like September twelfth, that could be the free for all theme where like everyone's super fucking serious and like Islamophobic, but that's those guys' problem, not ours. Yeah. Like th- this could be two thousand. You know what? Back when we had the 
Honestly, I've seen this posited because, like, there's the Y2K aesthetic oh, accounts, yeah. and they have the bubble letters and <gasps> all the, the design shit and just the font treatments that were there. The the bottom banner. Oh, nice jazz. You know what you could do? What? You could go as a guy who went into a bunker in two thousand or 19... 19- 99 for Y2K and you only just came out now oh. and you're just like did I travel back in time was I was I in the 2000s all along and you just like played that the entire weekend <laughs> it seemed like a lot of work but that would be pretty funny yeah um what year is it <laughs> I'm not gonna grow out a beard for time for that <laughs> the yeah the the jazz on the bottom like, I appreciate the theme. Like, it's retro for a lot of the attendees. It's my young adulthood as, <laughs> as an attendee myself, as a vendor. I mean, and that is one of the kind of nice things about furry, though, is that, like, yeah, there's going to be 20-year-olds there who were, like, literally born the year that this theme was real life. But then there's also, like, people like us that were, like, living through it (laughs) i've been a furry 26 years oh my god so like i found the furries right off the fucking bat when i got the internet and so like i've followed the art and been into it for that long and so like my my earliest persona is old enough to get a discount on their car insurance (laughs) you know and that's like the last threshold right right yeah yeah that's the last thing you have to look forward to there's that retirement and dying yeah well eventually they'll send in an aarp card oh right (laughs) i I saw this um this meme on facebook it was like gen xers man nobody ever remembers us aarp hey girl (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) i mean i'll be turning 40 this year so yeah like you know Big, big, ground, scary number. Woo. Yeah, I'll be turning 32. Wow, it's yep. amazing. <laughs> you have a lot of gray hair for a 32-year-old. Yeah, there's that two-year age gap, which is sus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stop, stop. Stop. <laughs> stop some love. <laughs> age gaps. Oh, man. That's oh, a topic of that. That kid would freak the fuck out in our relationship. Yeah. So I'm, I'm in particularly referencing there was a an am I the asshole post to Reddit that got screen capped and and posted on Twitter, where uh, this woman who's 28 announced to her family that she and her boyfriend were getting married. He was now her fiance. He's 30, and um, all of her family were happy for her. Except for her 14-year-old younger sister, who just kept repeating that when he was 18, she would have been 16. And basically, that that's gross and evil and problematic. Even though they didn't meet until she was 23. Yeah. So, this 16-18 situation never actually could have happened. Because they didn't even meet until they were both... Well over the age of majority. Uh, and all of the... the and then the rest of the family is pointing out, but mom and dad have a five-year age cap. And she was like, 
Yeah, yeah, like just freaking out more and more, and it's like it's like that reminds me of the other case of that girl that was bullying the shit out of a girl in her school because she was a pro shipper, and like and, you the know, like really... so I'm just like I hope they get this fourteen year old sister some fucking help to like de radicalize her. Yeah, this is where we get to put on our like oh damn kids these days things, but it's like the kids these days are insanely conservative. They just don't think they are. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you have the people that are railing against drag queens or railing against puphoods or railing against all the usual bugaboos in the furry fandom. Mm-hmm. And, like, they're just pure... Like, they literally f- throw around the word groomer. Yep. And I'm like, oh, and you have a cabin bio, don't you? Oh, you sure you sure do. Wow. How old are you? 17? Ooh. You're going to be a fascist Republican by the time you're 22, huh? Mm-hmm. Um... That's going to suck. But that's why you have us old freaks to stick around. Um, And, you know, people are like, oh, you know, it's all, am I the asshole? Those are all made up. Like, maybe. But then again, I've seen people cause shit on the internet for less. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, we had someone that was like, well, this is why furry stuff is good and and dog dildos are fine, but this other stuff's bad because reasons and I'm an ethical monster fucker. (laughs) And it was like, dog, it's, it's it's all fictional. It's a dildo. It doesn't have to consent. <laughs> Not until there's AI that are officially determined um, sentient by courts. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we're not going to fucking exocomp over here. <laughs> Peanut Hamper earned her place in the c- computer prison. She did. That little bitch. She did. Googling Peanut Hamper Rule 34. Peanut Hamper is a stupid name. Honestly, <laughs> like, I'm. Sh- uh, okay, so that. We're making a reference to Lower Decks here. And, you know, Peanut Hamper does fuck the bird. Or oh, God, by the bird. does. I've... So, like, let's not think about the mechanics oh, thereof. Oh, God. Okay. His bird dick going into some. Port. Port. I mean, she had the little fake beak on and everything. Had the little veil. And then she was a bitch and hurt all the birds. It was terrible. Spoilers. <laughs> it was from like... That was season three, wasn't it? Yeah, that it was finished the airing last year. Okay. It finished airing in the past. It's January 6th, Stavron. <laughs> what a year, right? Oh, yeah, right? oh gosh. It's been so long. Like, man, I just, I'm so ready to be done with work. You know, you see those fucking memes of, like, the the person drinking at the bar. What a year, huh? It's January 6th. (laughs) Well, I mean, it is January 6th. Yeah, that too. Like, it was weird watching the House votes the last couple days because, like, I keep seeing all these things that I saw during January 6th and just, like, having flashbacks and just, like, (laughs) ah... That's not great. <laughs> yeah. And you have the people like, remember Ashley Babbitt? And I'm like, congrats to her. She's two years sober. Ooh. <laughs> that wasn't my reply, but it was one I saw. God damn. And so, yeah. I, I have not been on Twitter that much today. I've been doing shit. So, yeah. like, I've not been keeping up with the votes or whatever. And I'm sure that they're still trying. Yeah. But, yeah. Getting off of Twitter and onto Mastodon has been the best thing for my mental health that's ever happened. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have been able to basically decouple a lot of this Twitter shit from, real, from like, affecting me. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is all fake and gay. Go away any moment, so I'm just going to have fun. Yeah. Um, and, you know, being hornier 
on main and off main and just replying to people. <laughs> you know, because, look, I'm not going to be super concerned. I'm going to retweet art. Oh, look, it's fucking Diane Foxington in a maid outfit. Okay, cool. I'm going to retweet that. The algorithm is going to hide it anyway. So this is like, yeah, like I'm going to retweet the person named Akalu as a chronologist and Inuk who studies white people who specializes in European phallic structures. I'm very honored to announce that I have officially been big Ben in London. He is very big and phallic and he's a native Alaska native who goes around and does the whole like anthropology shit that whites do to native cultures. <laughs> oh my God. That's amazing. I need to look the rest of his account then. <laughs> Twitter is what you make of it, and I choose to believe that it is both fake and gay, so I'm going to be real and gay on it. Um, and hornier on my AD, because yeah. that's fun. Yep. Fuck it, doesn't matter. God is dead, Twitter killed him. Yep. Yep. I mean, and speaking... Elon did ban the, one of the God or Jesus accounts at one point, didn't he? <laughs> the, uh, he? He banned that, and he's brought back a bunch of the... Chud accounts. Chud accounts. They're doing it today. But you know what he also has done? He's fired a bunch of his staff that handled uh, actual child sexual exploitation material. Mm. There was an article that came out today that was saying that, hey, there's these hashtags that are still existing under uh, Elon Musk's Twitter. It says, new, Elon Musk's Twitter has let hashtags used to buy and sell child sexual abuse material continue to thrive, despite his claim that addressing child exploitation was his top priority. Panther's comment on that when we discussed it earlier was, well, he did say he was going to address the availability of it. He didn't say which way. Ooh. (laughs) And, like, turns out when you fire and lay off most of your people, you literally don't have anybody that specializes in handling this extremely delicate thing. Mm. You can't just hand that off to an intern on an H-1B. You have to have someone who's trained and has, like, literally psychological support to deal with what mm-hmm. they deal with. Yeah, Otherwise, I remember reading articles about, like, the Facebook moderation team and how they were all in therapy because they have to look at, like, the most horrible fucking shit eight hours a day every day and decide whether it breaks Facebook's rules and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, pictures and, of death and child porn and animal suffering and... Yeah, it's like otakus. The the problem mm. has gotten so bad that random users are tweeting at Musk using the hashtag to try to get him to block it. According to our account, he's been tagged in twenty five tweets on this tag. He still hasn't blocked it. It didn't even after I reached out to the company yesterday. Two people have been in touch with the former employees of the company. The reporting for this piece found that the team monitoring the content on the platform has been gutted. Um, because he also gutted the Trust and Safety Council, which yeah. was yeah. companies that helped police this. Yeah. And what do you know? If you don't have these people advising you, you're not going to have the people that know how to deal with this and report to the proper authorities. Mm-hmm. And, well, there you go. You just end up with $8 Chan, which yeah. is what face what this is, which is kind of what Twitter is. Mm-hmm. Like, people are posting just awful heinous shit. Like, we can have our little victories, like we talked about with MAGFest and Limited Run Games going, ah, shit, and fixing themselves pretty quickly. You also have stuff like this, where the laxity and lack of actual human moderators to handle this stuff Mm -hmm. is literally turning it into fucking B. You're seeing the libertarian wet dream. Just unregulated everything. You know... The libertarian ideal. My girlfriend shouldn't have to sit in a child car seat. It, it, it's 
it's unregulated unless you like personally insult Elon or imply that Tesla's explode at a higher rate than other cars. Then you're well, insta-banned. And like even in the might I saw a screen cap today that was like the people that moderate the trends for even major shit like Minecraft mm-hmm. aren't getting moderated because someone posted out like right at the top of the Minecraft trend was some fucking 3D Minecraft porn. <laughs> Literally, like, the blocky-ass characters with tits strapped on. Like, they're <laughs> custom renders, but this is one of those things where it's like, this is going to lead to some very interesting art movements in about ten years. Oh my um, god. Of Cubism is back. People doing the little weird blocky, you know, blocky characters. And all the, like, mm-hmm. I've seen some cute art recently of anthro characters that drawn anthros mm-hmm. with hugging, like, the little block animals from Minecraft. <laughs> uh-huh. That's cute. But when you start doing, like, creeper porn, and it's literally the creepers from Minecraft fucking or whatever, it's real weird, and it's also weird because it's turning up on Minecraft, which is a kid's game. I'm sorry, I just imagined, like, what if one of the fantasy dildo companies makes, like, a creeper cock, but it all has to be made out of perfect squares because it's a Minecraft thing. So each one has these, like, hard edges, like a Lego piece. It would just be this, um... Well, you just put a circular cap on a square peg. Yeah. You mm. put that square peg into your round hole, baby. No, I don't even think you should do the, like, circular cap on it. It should just be totally square with a very flat, warm bay. Put a dick vein. Yeah. <laughs> and the vein, like, goes along where the cubes intersect. Yes. Like a snake game. <laughs> And, and there's a free April Fool's idea for you, Bad Dragon. Yeah. Get realistic it. creeper cock green. Yeah. Max. I mean, it sucks, but like, yeah, there's just porn bots out the ass. They when you don't have people. You know, they're like, oh, you know, we're we're cutting back on this and that and the other, and we're gutting our teams because we need to run fast and lean. But when you're dealing with a social media company that has hundreds of millions of people around the world doing it, you need a lot of people to just manage that shit. Yep. And he didn't believe that, and now we're reaping the consequences. I mean, it's bad enough we've already had technical issues, like tweets failing to send, trying to fave a tweet, and it being like, sorry, that tweet's been deleted, when I can literally open it up and there's 20,000 retweets on it or whatever. Yeah. Like... And you also have to consider, like, the moderation team was never enough to begin with. Yeah. He gutted a team that was already not enough. Yeah. So, like, they took nothing and made it less. And it's it was just... It was nothing bad. or er. Yeah, nothing or er. Yeah. Mm. You have to divorce your identity from Twitter. I mean, obviously, you shouldn't have your identity be connected to Twitter anyway. But it's one of those things that, like, short of it being your primary income, if you try to live on Twitter... You could face some real ego problems if this website just dies one day, mm. because it looks like it it could. Like we've yeah. seen the technical issues, we've seen them. Hey, they're not paying their rent. They're not buying toilet paper for their offices. They're... Oh my god, really? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, most of the custodial staff went on strike, and then he fired them, and then he fired them. So, so they're not cleaning up. 
their office. They're not paying the rent on the office. They're facing Employees eviction. Employees are bringing their own toilet paper from home. How's that back-to-office life going? Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> still insisting on uh, that. And we they're have cutting, an office culture. They're cutting uh, all of these benefits, like uh, like the health benefits, and getting cut back, stuff like that. But they'll still have snacks and coffee in their unwashed office. It's just a peanut every morning in the break room. Yeah, each cubicle has like a little um, tube above it, and they just fucking feed you your little peanut. And you have to write 40 lines of code before a peanut drops out of it. Yes. (laughs) Congratulations, you are the rat in his machine. Mm Mm-hmm. Between the office in Seattle facing eviction and like the the San Francisco office getting sued by the landlord because they haven't paid the rent there, I just wonder what the fuck their plan is if there even is one. There isn't. It's and just so chaos. You're just kind of riding out. Like, are you mm-hmm. dead yet? Are you dead yet? Nope. I'm gonna post my dick over here on my AD. Then I haven't done that. I'm not gonna do that. Like, I think Twitter is gonna be like Yahoo, where in ten years you're like, oh yeah, that was a thing. Is that still around? <laughs> Oh shit, it's not. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, I remember mean, Tumblr? I'm... Tumblr's still around. Is it? God, I know, right? And then there were a bunch of people <laughs> wanting to go back to Tumblr, and I was like, do you not remember what they did to us? They can't. If mm-hmm. I can't post dicks or see boobies. Well, I think you could see boobies. You just can't do penetration. Now. Yeah. Why would I do that? And it's. Yeah. They destroyed an entire queer culture upon their website by doing that non safe work ban. There were people who just disappeared into the night and you never saw ever again because yep. of it and they they ruined people's lives with what they did and then all of a sudden they're like oh but you could post titties now and people just like went back and it's just like why are you doing this mm. why are you going back to this website that's just going to hurt you again people yeah. are lemmings i guess well i mean they want some sort of stability even if it's a limited stability like, a lot of people I follow on Twitter are just like, I can't go back there. All new special limited edition stability. Like, I had four Tumblr accounts. Tumblr was my life for a really long time. And, like, when they banned Not Safe for Work, they destroyed a lot of friendships, a lot of acquaintances. I mean, before the porn again, I'd use a Tumblr leecher to save a bunch of blogs. Yeah. And I, over time, have really sorted through most of them, just like deleting the extraneous stuff and keeping the original art. And I'm like, some of this stuff, I don't know if it exists elsewhere. Yeah. Like, I don't know if this person's art is on E621. Mm-hmm. In some cases it is, but for some of these folks, they just were an unknown name. They are like, I'm over here drawing Pokemon smut, and here's 12 pieces, and I disappear and never post anything further, and that's it. And it's like, who is the person? Did they do anything further? What are they doing now? I don't know. Tumblr killed that. Yep. So, like, Tumblr also had the only post I ever made that actually went viral that had like five hundred like five hundred thousand likes, and it was oh. me throwing a dildo at a shower wall and it's sticking and then laughing. Like people auto tuned it. People like <laughs> made like it was just everywhere. It was great. <laughs> I mean, I probably saw that. Like my favorite comment was. It was a six-second video. I didn't know what could happen. Could be funny in six seconds. I was so wrong. Thunk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> so, this... We are now past an hour 15, so we're doing good. Mm. Have uh, you seen the video of the British couple getting the dent out of their car with a giant yep. dildo? It's classic. Yeah. 
That's yeah. uh, that's good old British ingenuity. Yeah, that's what we call it. Yeah. <laughs> Wanker <Oy>. technology. <laughs> Get the giant pecker. We gotta fix this thing. Yeah, bring that Willie over here. <laughs> I don't know what accent that was. <laughs> uh, it's uh, Birminghamshire to <laughs> Wales. <laughs> Mushrooms. <laughs> uh, so, speaking of that, actually, um, mm. I have been reading a book called oh. uh, How to Change Your Mind. Uh, it's called How to Change Your Mind, What the New Science of Psychedelics Teaches Us About Consciousness, Dying, Addiction, Depression, and Transcendence. I bought the Kindle edition. This is by the author Michael Pollan, who oh. has uh, written quite a few books, apparently. Mm-hmm. Like, he wrote The Omnivore's Dilemma and other stuff. I'm trying to... Like, he's a, a fantastic author, and he's worth checking out for all of his stuff. Like, The Omnivore's Dilemma is one of my favorite books of all time. He was, basically his story is, he was a journalist um, that wrote kind of food articles and stuff like that, and then he started branching out and doing, like, really long-form, detailed books. Like, he was probably one of the people that kind of helped fund, like, well, not fund, but kind of put the idea of, like, local food and, like, more balanced eating and stuff like that into the like public consciousness mm. like um if you've ever seen the documentary food inc they uh have a bunch of segments on him and a lot of his books have been made into documentaries how to change your mind apparently got a netflix thing nice the guys up in oklahoma were like you should totally watch that too after you've read the book so he also has written a second book recently called this is your mind on plants which talks specifically about opium, caffeine, and mescaline. Mm-hmm. Oh. Whereas How to Change Your Mind talks about LSD-25, psilocybin, and DMT. Mm-hmm. Which DMT sounds scary as fuck. Yeah. And I'm like two-thirds of the way through the book at this point on my Kindle. It's, it's very dry because it talks a lot about the history and how Timothy Leary fucked it up for everybody. But it was also really Richard Nixon's fault um, because he was a cunt. Yep. Mm-hmm. And hated drugs because... He hated hippies, and that's why he demonized marijuana, and why he demonized LSD and Super Mega Bandit and other psychedelics. So it's a very interesting history, and well, it also talks about his first-person experiences using the on these things, because he's not like, I'm just writing about it, no, I'm going to do these, and I'm going to tell you about my experiences with them, which is why I can say DMT sounds pretty scary. Mm-hmm. It's toad venom. Um... Yeah, he's one of those reporters that actually, like, gets up into things and, and, like, experiences them. Yeah, and, like, I would be interested to talk, to look at this, This Is Your Mind on Plants, because, like, his writing on the psychedelics and the histories thereof, that's been fascinating. Mm-hmm. And he talks about, like, how it rewires your brain temporarily mm-hmm. to be like, all right, so this is, these parts talk together normally, and now when you're on this, we've mapped it and everything's talking to everything else and it sounds fascinating Mm -hmm. Mm. um he also did a book on caffeine that i think was an audible only release okay but um it could have been just like an excerpt from this is your mind on plants no this is something that he wrote before that like this this came out years ago Um, like food rules and defensive food the botany of desire oh the botany of desire is the art of fermentation oh Oh, that's somebody else um he oh no! Does no, he... a lot of fermentation stuff though. Okay, actually, Sandor, Elix, Katz, and Michael Pollan, because mm. that's probably a talk about uh, the beer and how humanity got beer going. That's that's some fascinating shit because that was literally yep. one of the that was one of the drivers of domesticating plants was so that we could make beer. Yep, exactly. And humanity 
humanity organized itself so we could get drunk. Well, it sounds like something to be covered in the history of Vice, because I know his point in that is, Robert Evans' point in that is that Vice has basically fueled all of humanity's, like, progression. Yeah, and the botany of desire is really interesting because it kind of takes a look at food and it tries to figure out, did we make the plants or did the plants make us? And, like, evolve for us. Because, like, think about it. Apples, like, we found these delicious, so we started planting more and more apples. So that it was... Mm evolutionarily beneficial for the apples to become more delicious because then we spread the apples more places. Right. <laughs> and huh. he does a couple different stuff and things in there. Like, one of them is tulips, and he talks about, like, um, how tulips were used as a currency for a while, the original cryptocurrency. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah Apparently they have also a couple cookbooks. Oh, yeah. So, I did not know that this guy had done so much. I had just been recommended... <laughs> this book on psychedelics to uh, get a better understanding of them. And turns out he's doing, he does a lot. Wow. Okay. Like the only one of his books that I've not liked is one of his first ones where it's like him building a shed in the woods. Oh, (laughs) and it's, it it was vaguely interesting, but it was, it was kind of hard to stay interested in. Mm. But, oh yeah, there's the caffeine. Yeah. It's called caffeine. How caffeine created the modern world. It's an audible original. Uh, and it's only two hours and two minutes long. Yeah. Like, oh, it came out sure. in 2020. Yeah. Well, like, here's uh, Second Nature, a gardener's education, which came out in 2018. The Kindle edition is three bucks. Yeah. And it's, like, chosen by the American Quarter Cultural Society as one of the 75 greatest books ever written about gardening. Yeah. So, uh, turns out the you know, I might look into this guy further as an author. I was just like, ha-ha, psychedelics. But no, this guy looks like he writes some books that are up my alley and... Three bucks. Well, shit, I'll just buy that now. Thanks, Amazon. And the audiobooks. He actually does the narration for most of them, and he has this really great reading voice for it. Yeah. Um, just the audiobook is like 14 and a half hours, and I read faster than that. <laughs> See, me, I'm always doing other stuff as I'm reading. Yeah. Actually, one thing that I've been doing, going back to like the decoupling from Twitter so much, mm-hmm. is both Panther and I... Like, because we're not actively watching anything right now, but he picked up a new book series. Um, shoot, I forgot what it, I don't know what the name of the book series is, but we've just been sitting on the couch in the evening reading our Kindles in parallel and watching and, you know, having Adam between us. That's adorable. I've been doing what I like to call my uh, ring around the disc, where I uh, reread all of the Discworld novels. I've done it a couple times, and this is like my third or fourth time doing it i'm almost finished up with it again it's just amazing how much i love those worlds and terry pratchett's writing yeah because yeah. the way he described it, it sounded a lot like uh ina banks culture novels because the the ship names are very descriptive mm-hmm. um but it's not uh culture so. yeah i have t- i've texted him to be like what is the name of the series you've been reading because he he really enjoyed it and it was written in a very kind of self not really self-conscious style, but like his the it's kind of has like the John Scalzi interdependency series. I because that has ship names that are very much like yeah, the, like the the one that he's like a career ship that named I bring messages from afar is one of the ships, and like the main character is on a hospital ship with them, and they're mm. one other person in a ship mine, and they're trying to figure out why a generation ship got out further than it should have. Oh. And also why the generation ship is out there and had gone dark. And so Panther really liked it. And so I'm like, all right, hey, more book series. Fantastic. 
Yeah, I really enjoyed Six Wakes. You should look that read that one. Yeah, and then you can also read Nexus Nine in that series from Mary from Mary Loud <laughs> and the Furry Future. Which I was, was trying to think like what other like, like sci-fi do we have right Kismet. now? Kismet, yeah. Um, Found one apocalypse. Like oh, it's been a while since we put out sci-fi. sci-fi. We've got like plenty mm-hmm. of fantasy with both Rukus and uh, Tim mm-hmm. Sussman. Yeah. And People like their gay pirates. Yeah. yeah. Return of Divalia just came out, and I know I packaged up a bunch of them. Yep. So, now, we do have a couple new things for FC that are coming out. Yes. So, we have the a brand new... This is where we get to shill, because we're going to wrap oh, okay. it up, because right. we're past... So it's new, 9 o'clock, and a, a we're new, at an hour and a half or so. A new artist to us, Mr. Stallion, uh, has uh, a comic called Pegasus. That, um, so we finally have a, a new horse comic. It's like we're actually surprisingly light in, in our catalog on, on horse stuff. Like we had someone at the table a few years ago ask about horse stuff. And it was like, ah, we don't have anything newer than like 10 years ago. You know? mm-hmm. um, so, yeah. So this is a good one. There's there's a lot of horse cocks in it, which, you know, we all know y'all love your horse cocks. Uh, but basically, this just ordinary, everyday anthro stallion who's just chilling, banging his mate and their friends, and the uh, Olympian gods take notice of him and are like, "Hey, that stallion's pretty hot, but he should worship us. He doesn't worship us." Mm-hmm. So the gods all take different forms of different horses and go down and try to seduce him and give him sex so good. That he will start worshiping them, and I got telling Savern on the drive over here that like my favorite scene is that Aphrodite goes down first, takes the form of a mare, and he's not at all interested, and makes it clear that he only breeds other males. And there's this great panel of two horse cocks crossed like swords in the foreground, and this mare's shocked face in, in the background. That is just the the expression so fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. And then the other one we've got, we have a new comic by AC, also known as Roanoke. They did uh, Table for Three, Critical Success, Excalibur. A safe word. Yep, safe, safe word. word. Safe word. Thank you. Uh, so it's been a few years since they've done a comic. Uh, and this was a quickie that they, they wanted to put out to get back into the groove of comic making before doing the, the redo of, of Table for Three. And uh, it's their Lynx character, Avery, who borrows the uh, husband catalog from his friend Terry. Who It's it's an RPG bestiary, basically, because Terry's trying to get him into, into doing uh, RPGs with him. So he goes home and he's flipping through it. He's like, oh, he's cute. Oh, they left nothing to the imagination on this dragon character. Starts immediately fantasizing about this dragon, and so it's it's one of those neat stories that flips between what Avery is doing with himself in real life, like like using a toy, you know, getting himself going and stuff like that, and what is going on in his mental fantasy. Uh, but the mental fantasy is like it's, it's a really hot size different story between a very big hung dragon and this little. F- Fanboy Link's character and drawn in Ace's very bright, vibrant style. Yeah. So it's 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 a lot of fun. It's got it's got a cover that's like 
not sexually explicit, but you know what the fuck is going to happen. It, it tells you what's going to happen on the cover there. Yes, yes. Um, and they their recent like Halloween series that they did, their mm-hmm. main trio was really hot. And yep. they're doing a remaster of Table for Three, yes. where they you know redraw them in their current style. Yeah, and the the main dog guy is like, he's like he used to be a twink and now he's a daddy. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, ah, yes. And this they're is also like, I think they feel they're a better writer now, and so they're putting like a lot more like kind of kind of backstory into their. Relationship I, I think it's and great, and you know we it's funny because we finally got copies of the original table for three back in stock yeah because um, they sold out at, at midwest oh they, their stuff sells like hotcakes it's great mm-hmm. yeah because it's really good content um but it's also nice to see them doing more yeah yeah because their art's good shit i like it so we are now at an hour and a half on the raw so why don't we wrap it up from here because also my laptop's at like half power at this point already. Mm. Impressive. So what can you do? You can go to patreon.com slash southpawscast and give us a buck if you want to hear our travelogue. It's a buck an episode for the main feed only. All the stuff we're going to post up to the bonus uh, shit shit's going to be free for the Patreon. Uh, we are going to be doing basically a 10 to 12 day trip here in the near future. We will try to record stuff in and out because we're going to do some touristy shit on the way home too, probably, depending on how we're doing, yeah. and uh, get photos and stuff up there and do a little travelogue. Yeah. Fuzz and Saverin's excellent adventure. <laughs> yep. The it's mild stallions. <laughs> oh my god. Um you can also join our Telegram group, which is now finally crested over 200 members for the first time in a while, which is nice. nice. And that link is in our show notes and on the Patreon page when the posts become publicly viewable. Um, you can also contact the show. You can find us at SouthPawsCast on Twitter. Fuzz manages that account. Um, then you can... Buy some books for planet.com. For planet.com. For planet.com. We're just so you know, if you put an order in right now, it's not gonna get fulfilled until after FC, probably. Yeah. Well the ebooks will, but not the print books. Yeah, the print books <laughs> like we, we got the backlog down to the single digits, but we'll we'll see where it sits. We're literally not going to be here where the books are for all yeah. like we will have books <laughs> with us in the van but we will not be fulfilling the orders at, from, from the van yeah <laughs> set up a mobile shipping station <laughs> just visit every ups store along the way yeah <laughs> go point to point like this is we visited the post office box in albuquerque and in <laughs> flagstaff and that one and in Red Butt, Montana. Yeah, somehow. We went to Las Vegas because we got lost and <laughs> ended up going to the Meow, going to Omega Mart. We're not going to Omega Mart. We're not going to Vegas. Oh. I want to in the future, but not. Mm. it's not on the path. Yeah, I just can't wait till that Meow Wolf installation opens. Yeah, here. I'm Great looking forward to that. Small. Mm. I mean, they took over pretty substantial space. Like, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. Yeah. But it's going to be opening this year, some point. 
And hey, that part of the mall didn't get hit by the tornado. It was only like a portion of the food court and the Burlington Coat Factory section. So like the other side of the mall. (laughs) The coats have absorbed the blast. The Coat Factory. Oh no, the children have lost their jobs. (laughs) Oh, God. (sighs) So beyond that, you can see us at FC. Be nice to us. Do not be rude. We might cry. Yeah. Or at least we'll be grumpy. But we will be at FC. We will be selling books. We will be old and tired after hours. So you might catch us around. Who knows? Mm. But yeah, we'll be there, hopefully. And it'll be an adventure. And while they're there, and then while they're there, I'll be all alone holding down the fort at home. You can find me at St. Ajax33 at bears.town. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Tyrant's not going. Yeah, he is. Oh, he is? Yeah. Oh, oh no. Yeah, they're they're going to have, like, get... no furniture legs when they get home. You're going to need to get, like, <laughs> two 50-pound bags of dog food. <gasps> Eat all in one day. Yeah. <laughs> dog, dog, oh, it's fat. Hashtag <laughs> fat dog agenda. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm also St. Ajax33 at wobble.xyz, so. Sure. Yeah. Mastodon. It, it's has a lot of different names. So, uh, on that note, good night. And buy books.